Good morning, church. Before we get started in worship, I uh, just want to say real quick, I was going to talk a little bit about the Happy Father's Day thing, but that was pretty cool, actually, up there. Um, so could I have all the dads in the audience please stand up? Wow, okay, there's the audience. This is awesome because, yeah, give me a hand. You guys are the ones who make our families go around. Dads are so important to, to our families in this country, and it's awesome to see so many of you here with your families. Love that. So could everybody else please rise for our first song? Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh. Well, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change. Hallelujah. 
a price for all my guilty Who would care that much about me Let me tell you about my Jesus Cause he makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus standing we're going to share the scripture reading out loud together and just a reminder here at 1c we believe that the bible is the inspired inerrant word of god given to people like you and me so that we can know who god is how he loves us and then how we should be living our lives to his glory so the reading that we have if we can have that up on the screen is from first peter chapter 3 um, I love the fact that we're going to talk about Noah, and the story of Noah is found in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, they kind of point back to that story and the meaning and significance for our lives. So if you would, join me together reading out loud the scripture for today. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's word for us. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, for helping us to understand who we are in you. And Lord, this morning I know that there's a lot of hurt and broken people who may be watching online or in this room even. And Lord, just be with them, be with all of us as we navigate the muddiness of life. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we're having, the music we're about to sing, and our fellowship time together. And Lord, we pray all of this strong in Jesus' name and all God's people said. No one 
and girls come on up front for the kids message make your way on up here find a seat on the floor yeah come on up it looks like some of you got some skittles you have skittles good there's skittles just outside the door if you didn't get skittles on your way in grab skittles as you leave if your parents say it's okay all right and so we have skittles this morning 
Because you know why? They help us remember God's promise. So Skittles are rainbow colored, aren't they? Yeah, they're rainbow colored. And you know what? Yeah, rainbows are different colors, aren't they? And so there's all these different colors on the Skittles. And you know what? Their advertising even tells us that you can taste the rainbow. Did you know that? You can taste the rainbow when you eat Skittles. So let's watch this commercial to see what I'm talking about. All right? <laughs> Discover the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Does anybody think that commercial was weird? Raise your hand. I see a lot of hands going up. Yeah. So here we have a giraffe eating a rainbow, being milked by a Rastafarian, and as the milk goes in the bucket, it's Skittles. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, even the Rastafarian was laughing, right? Well, today we're talking about Noah and Noah's ark, and you know what? God told Noah to build this giant boat, this giant boat. What? Yeah, because there was going to be a flood, and no one had ever seen a flood, and Noah's building this giant boat on high, dry land, and this boat was huge. I mean, it was bigger, probably two times the size of our entire building, not just our worship center, but the field house, both gyms, the broken mug, the multi-person. Our entire building, the ark was about two times that size. And he was building it on high, dry land. So you know what? People probably thought he was a little weird, didn't they? They probably thought this is about as weird as that Skittles commercial, right? But God told Noah to build the ark because God was about to do something really big. You see, evil had spread through the entire world, and God wanted to wipe out evil. So he told Noah to start building this boat because he was going to send a flood to wipe out all the evil from the world. But God saved Noah and Noah's family, and he gave us, mankind, a second chance. And so the flood came, and Noah and his family were in the boat, and two of all kinds of animals were in the boat. And so God started over with this new family to take out evil and to bring goodness back into the world. And that's what God wants to do through us, too. So think about that. Whenever you see a rainbow or whenever you see Skittles or whenever you eat Skittles and taste a rainbow, that God's promise of love for us. Because after the flood, God made a promise to Noah that he would never flood the earth again. And he put a rainbow in the sky as a reminder of this promise of God to do that. And you know what? God wiped out evil from, across, from around the world and he by flooding the world, and now he wants to work through us, his family, believers in Jesus, to cover this world with his love and his goodness, not with a flood, but with his love. So you can remember that whenever you see a rainbow and whenever you eat Skittles too, all right, that we can share God's love and his promise through the whole world. All right, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your promises. Help us to share your love and cover this world with your goodness. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seat and don't forget your skills, all right? Remember God's love as you eat them.
And as the kids make their way back, I want to welcome every single one of you to, uh, in this place called 1C, um, especially our guests. We're glad you're with us in worship. Uh, we love to have you here, and we invite you to come back. But before you leave and, and go off to do whatever you're going to do today, stop by Next Steps, and it's in the family gathering area, the area that you kind of walked through when you came in, and we have a gift for you. We'd like to meet you and greet you couple quick things of things that are going to take place uh, in church. We're going to have a time for prayer, and we give you an opportunity. If you have a prayer request that you would like included, you can actually text that. Uh, there it is, uh, 402-242-5051, and that'll actually come right to us, and we'll be able to include that in our time of worship. Uh, we're also going to have communion, and here at 1C, we believe it is a beautiful gift God has given to you and to me. And we believe that in this gift, he gives us bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of our faith. So if that's what you believe, um, in just a little bit, we're going to have communion. We'd love for you to come and celebrate that with us. So love for you to have that. Uh, another announcement is a blast. And uh, we're kind of at the halfway mark throughout the summer. This is a place, a ministry for kindergarten through fifth grade where we get to celebrate, well, fun, a safe place, but ultimately Jesus. And as you see in the pictures, uh, a lot of fun is had, but again, be assured of this, that Jesus is presented in a very beautiful, powerful way. So this week is actually Mystery Island, and it's going to be um, a little bit of a Hawaiian theme going on. And I, I was bold enough to wear my yellow uh, Hawaiian shirt. Um, people already made lots of com comments about it by going this. It is bright and bold, so I'm doing this for blast, right? Uh, so if, if you know somebody that would be blessed by the ministry, call us up. We will get you connected. Yes, come on up, if you would. Um, yeah. Greg's here. A, a very good announcement for us to have today, so if yeah. you would. Uh, so three weeks ago, I announced that I had received a call um, from South Shore Trinity in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and asked for your prayers. So thank you for your prayers, your words of encouragement. And as I, I have been praying and trying to discern what God is doing, whether I take a call to go to Minnesota or whether I remain here and stay in the call at 1C, as I've prayed and, and tried to discern what God is saying, um, he kept saying, um, wait, be still. And so... I have declined the call to South Shore Trinity, and will remain here at 1C. So, um, again, thank you. Thank you for your prayers and your encouragement. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, and as we celebrate that, I just want to turn it back on you for a second. All of us have a vocation, okay? Like for Greg, I mean, he has, you know, prayed about it, and his vocation is to stay here and do ministry here. But all of us, you and me, all have a vocation. In other words, we have a job to do for the kingdom. And wherever you are, you get to do that vocation. So I hope you see that. I hope you pray about that. I hope you celebrate that because God's call is for you. So may God bless you and me as we serve him and to further this kingdom. Let's continue to worship. Oh, also, before you even get into music... Joy baskets. I had it written down. and We are privileged to give back to God. Whether we serve him with our gifts and abilities, uh, whether we sing or pray, 
but also in the giving of our tithes and offerings. So during this next song, you'll see baskets being passed. Just pray, Lord, how do you want me to respond to your goodness and grace in my life? This next song has kind of become a staple for us on uh, Father's Day and um, started a couple years ago. I just picked it out and we know it's not a, a Christian song per se, but um, at the time my son was leaving for college and my dad was nearing the end of his life and it just seemed very, very pertinent at that time. Um, but the, the overtones and the correlations with um, God's walk with us and God the Father and honoring him today um, is really what, what I try to focus on. Um, so the walk. Down a long dusty driveway I didn't want to go But I set out with tears in my eyes and wondering Daddy took me by the hand Looked down at the school bus and this little man said
Lord's Supper, God's gift for people like you and me. And he gives it graciously. He gives it out of love. He knows what we need the most. And so uh, he, he, he wants us to consider the depth and the breadth of this gift. And one of the ways in which we consider it is take a moment to really think about who we are um, apart from God. And we are sinners. And so we're going to have an opportunity to confess our sins and be honest with God and with each other. So if I can have that up on the screen. Let's share this prayer out together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. You know, on that last line, so that we can walk in your ways. Because apart from Jesus, we would walk in all different ways. Kind of like in the time of Noah. It was pretty bad. They were doing their own thing. It, in fact, the Bible verse you're going to hear a little bit later, it says, every inclination of their mind was evil. That's what happens when you are not in Christ. But because of Jesus, our lives are different. Our lives are blessed. Our lives are forgiven. And so may this meal remind you of that and give you that gift of forgiveness we need. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we come forward for the celebration of this meal, just a reminder, we, we do have a couple of different stations. If you're on the outside sections, make your way towards the walls and then come on around. And if you're in the middle, go towards the center aisle, form two, two lines and come forward and receive this blessed meal. May God bless our time together.
Strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord, we just come to you now. We just bring our prayers and the things that are way heavy upon us, trusting and believing in you that you hear us. A prayer for Justin Sheldon and his baptism, the strength and the will to follow Christ. Though he may be unsure about following through with the baptism, please guide him through this journey and just bless him. A prayer for my uncle in Omaha who has been battling pancreatic cancer for seven years and that he's not doing very well. We pray that he gets the recovery and healing he needs. Prayers for my operation on the 3rd of July. Prayers for good test results tomorrow. Oh Lord, a prayer that you continue to work to mend relationships that are broken between my husband and son over the past year. Continue to lead both of them along your path and work to bring them closer as time goes by. Prayers for continued healing for a friend's shoulder. Prayers, Lord, for the fathers in our lives the fathers that have gone before us, the fathers that are with us now, and those who are father figures in our lives. We just pray for them and lift them up to you, Lord. We just thank you for them. Father, we just thank you for all the unspoken prayers here that weigh heavy upon us and just give us the faith and the strength and the courage to be able to bring them, lay them at the foot of the cross 
and to trust Jesus with them. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. If uh, you see my father's, um, if you see my Facebook post about Father's Day, I think about a lot of men in my life who have been a blessing to me and to many others. Whether it's dads or grandpas or uncles or brothers or friends, people who have demonstrated that love of God in a way that has changed my life. So I say to all of you men, thank you. God bless you for all that you do and the calling that you follow. Um, Father's Day always stirs up things for me about my dad. You know, I, it's been a lot of years now that he is not here, but the memories continue. And in light of the story of Noah, there is a story connected to that in a very strange way. Uh, it goes back to a time when uh, we used to go fishing in, at a place called Lake Butazare. It's in the northern part of Wisconsin. Half the lake is in Wisconsin, half in Michigan. It's, it's like one of the biggest lakes in Wisconsin. It's, it's really big. And uh, my dad used to go there when he was a kid, He'd get on a train from Milwaukee and go all the way up there to see his grandma who had a place on the lake. And it was his lake, his own lake. And he knew everything about the lake. And, and it's big, right? But at the time, he would take a rowboat and go fishing. But he knew the lake. So 50 years ago, do your math, I was around 10, and um, my dad was ready to go fishing. And it was always the first thing, like when sun is coming up, you want to be in the boat and ready to go. No monkeying around. And then we'd fish until about 1 o'clock. We'd come in just for a little bit to eat and go to the bathroom and stuff like that. And then we'd go back again and we'd go from we'll just say 2 o'clock all the way till 9. It was an intense day of fishing. Well, one of those days, uh, the weather was a little suspect, but my dad had this little feeling that the fish are going to bite on the other side of the lake. And you just don't mess with dad. Mom, who you also don't want to mess with, right? Remember, she was like 4 foot 8 and just a powerhouse, was kept saying, you sure you want to go fishing? The weather says it's could be a little iffy. My dad, yep, nope, we're going to do it. And uh, it was to go to the other side of the lake. Remember, big lake. So we get in the boat. We have everything we need. We make our way to the other side. And if you've been on a lake, storms come quickly before you know it. And so here we are on the other side of the lake, and the storm comes quickly. And my dad is like, I, I don't think we should travel back. So what he did is he ended up pulling the boat up onto shore, pulling it over, and we just made a little kind of covering for us, and we waited the storm out. Now, what's the connection? Well, my dad loved me, protected me, 
cared about my well-being so much that he wasn't going to risk things and he was going to make sure I'm safe. Well, our Heavenly Father does that and has been doing it from the very beginning of time. And as we've been going through this story of Genesis, it is the beginning of many things. But the one common denominator that never changes is God's faithfulness and love for his creation. We started, as we looked at creation, we looked at how God created everything in these six days. He spoke things into being. He did it with such great design. And the ultimate, ultimate part was when he said, let us make man in our image. So he formed and made man, man Adam and then Eve. What a beautiful thing. And he just poured himself into them. And then, second week, we talked about the fall, where they decided to do their own thing where they decided to go against what God said. God said, don't eat from the tree, they ate from the tree. God said, if you eat from the tree, you're going to die. But God, because he loves his creation, doesn't give up on them. He makes this promise in Genesis 3.15 that I'm going to do something great, and I'm going to save you from your sin. Then we get to the next generation. If you remember Cain and Abel, and what a terrible story. We see the fruit of the sin continuing to happen. Cain kills his own brother Abel. And you would think that God would just say, enough of this. Gives Cain a second chance. He sends him off, gives him instructions. And we find that it doesn't really even go well, but he still loves Cain. Well, now we uh, go about 1,656 years later. Now, we don't know exactly how long, but there was a time frame between Cain and Abel and the time of Noah. And we are told in chapter 6, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and the daughters were born to them, things started to happen. So I'm going to try to cover a lot of territory with, well, two graphs first. Uh, the first graph, um, this kind of tells you, walks you through the ten different generations, and you can kind of see what's going on there. Things are happening pretty fast, but you also see the fact that people were living like 900 years, um, a lot of time. And as a result of that, so when, when we were told that things were happening, we find the population of the world. Now, we can't really go back and find out exactly, but if you figure out the time span and you figure out the lifespan, you can figure out that the numbers of people, the estimates could be anywhere from 774 million people on the earth all the way till like this one just says about 9, mil, you know, 9 billion people. That's a lot. So things started happening. The world was populating. And then in verses 2 and 3, we're told, the sons of God saw the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Now, just a little comment about that. Some people read that and say, Well, what God is now saying is instead of 900 years of age, it's going to be 120. That's not what was meant. And at the time, they wouldn't really know that. 
But what happened was it was 120 years till the flood's going to take place. So they had this time of warning. Be careful. Don't go down the path that you're going down because if you do, it's going to be bad. All right? And then we see this in verse 4. The sons of God and the daughters of men. And I'm not going to read that entire verse. Um, I was asked if we're going to have that up there. I'm going to tell you, you read it on your own. It's confusing. And every commentator that I've, I've read th throughout this week and throughout my ministry would say, we don't know what this means. Who exactly are the sons of God and the daughters of men? It sounds kind of weird. But here's the scoop. There were things happening relationally and sexually that were not good for humanity. And that's all I'm going to say is a lot of commentators kind of land on that. And there's a perversion of God's original design, and it started spiraling. And it started getting bad. So then verse 5, and this is where um, it gets serious. It says, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So it's not like, well, half the time. It was like all the time. The heart, the mind, the intentions were all evil. And here's a sad verse. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. It grieved him. He regretted. I don't know if you've had moments like that where you've done something and then you regret it. And you know the, the emotions that are with it. Especially if it's a really big thing. Sometimes you just can't get past it. So here we have the God of the universe looking at his creation and looking the direction that it went. And he is grieved to his heart and he wishes he didn't do it. Wow. I don't know if you uh, know the word entropy. Uh, that word actually means um, all things trending towards disorder and chaos. Another way that they describe it is Everything is going down the road of death. And that's what God was seeing at the time of Noah. They weren't listening to God. They weren't following God. They didn't care about God. They only cared about themselves and their pleasure. Wow. Let me just uh, see if I can get, yeah, let me jump to here. Uh, this is what entropy looks like, according to some scientist. There was a time when everything was in order. In other words, it was in the way that God wanted and desired. But then when sin came into the world, there was this unraveling. And there was this chaos. There was this disorder. And we find, again, that God was like, okay, I need to do something about this. 
So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. So here's what God's going to do. It must have been terrible, horrible. And yet in verse 8, we get a glimpse. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Just so you know, Genesis 6, verse 8 is the first time we see and hear the concept of grace. To find favor means God looks upon Noah with a sense of happiness and joy. Why? Because Noah was listening to God. Because Noah cared about what God said. He was following what God wanted. And so he found favor. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. And the rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On that very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons, with them entered the ark. They and every beast, according to its kind, and all the livestock, according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, according to its kind, and every bird, according to its kind, every winged creature, they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded them, and the Lord shut him in. Just finding um, that last phrase. Do you you hear that? God is the one that shut him in. God is the one that protected Noah. What a gracious God. That's just the way he works. He is so good. Like to, uh, if, if you can help me jump back to that the Romans passage, thank you. And I want you to look at this for a second. No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery allows, always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. It sounds like this was the time of Noah. But this was actually, we'll just say, a couple thousand years later, where Paul is taking a look at life. He's looking at humanity. He's looking at the Well, the problem, sin and its effect. And that's why if I, you know, I'll just go back to that picture for her again. This is what was happening. You see, Paul was actually quoting Isaiah and the book of Psalms. He was looking back on those words. You see, this issue of 
sin, not entropy, that's a great word we could have, but sin has been causing chaos for a long time. And as God did for Noah, he's got a plan, he's got a desire for people like you and me. He doesn't want us to drown in our sin. A very powerful image. Entropy. All right, so what is happening in our world today? A lot of the same things that are happening, you know, back at the time of Noah and has happened ever since. And I'm going to put up this number here. And I'm going to be very careful how I describe this number. You may not eat, maybe you look at it and you, you already know. The average American, as they watch TV, they're going to see about 9,000 sexually explicit uh, scenes or images. 9,000 times. I'm ready for this. 81% of them are people who are not married. You see what direction the world is going, and then I'm going to tell you and me, folks, guess what? We have to be on guard, because this media that wants to put lots of things in front of us doesn't always have the same values that God does. You might be saying, duh. But when I saw that statistic, that hit me. Because I'm going to tell you, this is an honest truth, once upon a time, uh, when we were first married, if we'd go to a movie and we'd see something that was leading up to that, we'd walk out right away. But now, you know what? We might see one and say, okay, if there's another scene, then we'll leave. I mean, we put up with a little bit more than we did before, and, and that's kind of a human nature thing. But I want to tell you, we need to stand our guard. We need to make sure that what we see and what we do is in line with our God. Because the battle is intense. Again, Paul talks about the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil forces of this dark world. You see, the enemy wants to do just like what happened at the time of Noah. To create all this depravity of humanity. To create a whole bunch of people that say that sin is the norm. And God says, no. I got some other ideas for you. That's why I want to walk you through what I think God wants to have happen in our life. As he is working right now, today in 2023, as he is here at 1C and he's in Columbus, he's in Nebraska, he's in our country, he's throughout the world. He is wanting to do something in our life, just like he did for Noah. So let me walk you through just three points. God cares for and about his creation. I, I love the image of what Paul says in Romans 8, but just a little reflection. You get to the book of Revelation, you get this beautiful picture of a new heaven and a new earth. You've got to have that backdrop. The creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. There's going to be a time. He is at work already. And maybe you get glimpses of it once in a while. He is present. He is not like, um, some of you have heard me say this, uh, there is a, a Christian group that are deists. 
And what they believe about God is that he is the great watchmaker in the sky. He made the earth, wound it up, and said, I'm out of here until it's over. And then whatever happens, happens. I don't think that's the God I know. I believe he's intricately involved in our life, and he is a part of this creation. He does take care of us. He takes care of that. Secondly, God keeps us safe. And again, going to that scripture, and the Lord shut him in. And I love the fact that God is with us today. And he invites us to come to him and he protects us in his arms. And he does it in such a beautiful, loving way. And then the last part, God blesses and saves through adversity. I think it was a pretty intense time for Noah. If you've watched some movies that have tried to represent this, um, pretty remarkable task at hand to build an ark. And Greg did a great description of what it was like. It was big. It was humongous. They didn't have back then what we have today to build. So something extraordinary was happening, and that was God. And so through the adversity, people just looking at Noah and thinking, you're crazy. There's no water. They don't know what water is yet like that. Noah stayed the course, and through the adversity, he blessed. I'd like to give you one last image. And uh, it comes from John chapter 10. And this passage, for me, is pretty stirring. Jesus said of himself, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I have really fond memories of my dad. I really do. Many of them. But my dad was not perfect. I mean, there were times, I remember, you know, you heard me talk about it. he was a workaholic. He, he was a cop. He did his eight hours, and he did another eight hours in court, and he just was working a lot, and it would be for the family. But I remember getting ready for a basketball game. And I'd have, you know, I'd be all laced up. And just to, so you know, a little humor here, you get a little taller, you wear more socks. Serious, I'd wear like six pair of socks and I'd gain another inch. Probably the goofiest thing you ever see. But more often than not, my dad didn't see it. It wasn't perfect. You know, on Father's Day, I, I navigate very carefully. Because we sit here and we celebrate and we say, yeah, 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 dads. But I know people that can't even say the Lord's Prayer because their dad was a screw-up. The pain is so deep. My heart goes out. And if statistics are true, there's people in this room who may not even know their earthly father but I want to shift gears and so yeah maybe you had a good dad maybe you had a great dad and maybe you didn't you know we have a heavenly father who is so committed to your care that he was going to pull out all stops 
And he was going to love this world in a way that no earthly human father can. That's what we hold on to. And just like that ark, right, he invites us in and says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to love you. I am going to meet your needs. Now, who is that? That's you. That's me. One of the things about Celebrate Recovery, which is a ministry we do on Thursday, I love what is their motto. Everyone. That's you. That's me. So don't be thinking it's just somebody else with an elbow, right? Everyone has a hurt, a habit, a hang-up. All of us have been affected by sin, and all of us affect others with our sin. And so this Jesus at the door, this is like an old rendition. And they have so many ways of making this symbolical, right? I mean, you look at it, there's no handle on this side. And they talk about what that means. And I just think this is a great tension point for theology. It's a free will moment. He just says, I am the door. If you want to open and, and let me in, just do it. And I will come in and I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you by loving you on this earth, but I'm ultimately going to save you by bringing you into heaven. And then when we get there, wow, right? So I want you to look at that. As you think about Genesis, that was such a long time ago, but it's for you today. All of these stories are going to remind you that God is faithful. He is our Heavenly Father who will love you through every single thing. Why don't you stand and let's pray. Dear Daddy, how we long to have you present in our life because without you, we are nothing. Without you, we are in trouble. Without you, we would drown in our sin. Daddy, I pray that you would come for my brothers and sisters. Wherever they are right now, emotionally and spiritually, physically, and you do what only you can do. You, you will love them right where they're at. But you're going to take them and grow them in ways that will change their life forever. There's no one that has your love, not one. So give us the faith to believe, the faith to receive, the faith to live this out, all to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. you've lived, no greater gift, no not one.
Son of David, have mercy on me. My soul is broken and my eyes can't see. Can you hear me calling, calling out your name? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Oh, son of
mercy on me. Looking out my window, feeling the crescendo, sunset on a quiet sea. Sitting with the ones that I'll forever love, we're waiting on a flash of green. And even when the nights got cold, you have always held me close. You're the only rock that I could ever stand on, you're the only one for me. The sun goes up, the sun comes down, this whole world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come, the seasons go, they take me high, they leave me low, but I'm still standing on the only rock I know. You're my cornerstone.
He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. There's so much more to the story. Hey, you're not done with me. 